Hi, and welcome back to the Pleasing God podcast, a weekly show focused on helping Christians to think biblically, engage practically, and live faithfully for the glory of God. I'm your host, Jonathan Soule, and we're picking up where we left off, our imperfect marriage, lessons from littles. Mm -hmm. And when we say littles, uh, kids, our children, things that we have learned over the years and how God has used children, our children, to conform us more to the image of his son, more the likeness of Jesus. And what a blessing and challenge Mm -hmm. and difficult journey. Mm -hmm. It has been, it is, and continues to be, Mm -hmm. but definitely a wild ride I wouldn't want to take with anybody else. So, um, oh yes, and I'm joined with my co-host. Caitlin Soul. All right, here we go. So uh, as we kind of introduced just maybe a bit of the journey, how quick kids came, four, four and under, and in just like complete survival mode, we talked a little bit about, you know, sacrifice and just what it means to live for someone else beyond even your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get more practical into some of the lessons that we have learned and are learning when it comes to raising children and it certainly meeting physical needs. But as they're starting to get a little bit older, too, they're complex beings. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, mm-hmm. spiritual, uh, mental, emotional mm-hmm. needs that we should be focused on as well. I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, where they say having newborns are hard and, you know, terrible twos and all of them having the three-nager and it's just so hard. And we were talking about as our children are getting older they get harder. (laughs) You know, you kind of are so focused on baby, the newborn, the sleepless sleepless Cheaper by the dozen isn't true? (laughs) Uh, There are aspects that get easier. They're not as dependent. They can get themselves dressed. They can go potty on their own. But then they start getting into a more, they really need that mental, the spiritual, the emotional investment. Whereas before, it's a lot of physical needs. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So what we can do is, uh, there's so many different directions that we can go in. Let's, let's kind of break it apart and focus on, you know, a couple things and talk through those. So if I was to ask you, what is the number one lesson that you have learned from the children in general, or then you can even say one from each one of the children? Something I've learned about myself or something I've learned about family life with a young child. Well, when we say lessons from littles, things that we have learned that we can apply e- to our lives uh, that would help us to live more faithfully, um, it, w- whether that be in your parenting style or in your own personal holiness. But yeah, in that in that sense. Well, definitely taking one child at a time in that they are each individuals. It's easy to kind of clump the kids all as like the kids and uh, kind of treat them all the same and and act the same toward them all but they all are unique in how they've been created and knowing them individually and connecting with them in the ways that they need to be connected with I think really helps in building it's very important to build a relationship with each individual child. And so uh, that is a challenge, especially when we've had so many so quick and it just seems overwhelming. But uh, to to take the time 
to get to know each one. And mm-hmm. then from there, you know, you can build the relationship that that child needs. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, I'd summarize all of that as be intentional. Yes. And um, when we think about having multiple children, yeah, the danger can be this kind of like cookie cutter, one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And how come you don't fit my mold, all you children? Mm -hmm. And because they have their own mold, Mm -hmm. they have their own way of expressing themselves. And I think it's the le- one of the, say, I would say on, on this vein, one of the lessons that I've learned is that they are different mm-hmm. and some need to be related to in various ways and, and shown love in various forms and fashions. And so it's important that I think as, as a father and you as a mother and us as parents, that we recognize the beauty of personality and of diversity of person in God's wonderful design of humanity. And we see it in our five. Mm -hmm. They're all different. You know, you're thinking, well, same mom, same dad. Mm -hmm. How come they keep turning out so different? (laughs) I mean, yeah, they look similar. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd put them all together and say, um, yeah, I think most of you are related. Mm -hmm. Uh, Natalie might, you know, be kind of the you know, odd Not one. Yeah. yeah. Not that because of anything other than she's the blonde hair, blue eyed one. The only blue eyes. How'd that happen? I don't know. I yeah. love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, what goes with that is being intentional costs time, mental energy. You have, you build relational capital with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Harry, he's a gamer. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that you can really get to know him and to speak his love language and just connect heart to heart with him is play a game with him, mm-hmm. play a board game with him or something. Walk downstairs this morning and this whole Monopoly game is out <laughs> set up this morning. And I was like, all right, this seems like the doing of Harry. Yeah. Um, but knowing that, because then, then I have to say, all right, now he, he'll ask to play games like all the time mm-hmm. and not I'm not available and it's sometimes a major inconvenience but mm-hmm. if I'm only going to give him my time when it's convenient what's that going to teach him right what what am I what am I telling him about myself and my feelings towards him my relationship with him so I think that's just an example of a lesson learned like all right this is something that he likes to do and because I love my son this is something that I want to do with him you know yeah I have found over the years, I remember doing this too, when I felt I was at odds with a child a lot, that meant we needed time together. Mm -hmm. And so you've done a really good job at kind of encouraging that. And that doesn't have to be going out. It could just be, you know, you should play a game with them. Or I've taken kids out one-on-one when we've been at odds. And that's that's been really good for connection to kind of reestablish where we're at and kind of no pressure, just hanging out, getting to know that child again and uh, has been really helpful. I think another lesson that I've learned through the years um, is just making it easier for myself, whatever it takes. And I know Sunday mornings can be a huge battle when you have a lot of little ones, mm. um, even one little one, yeah, sure. <laughs> even without children, it can be hard to get <laughs> yeah. out of the house on a Sunday morning for church. But uh, I found, I think I had mentioned this in a previous podcast before, but Sunday mornings were very difficult for me 
when we had the four little ones. Oh, yeah. And it took a lot to get to church. Um, really, my mentality in, in those times was I just want to be faithful. I'm just being faithful, and I am showing my children faithfulness, but no part of me really wants to be getting out of the house <laughs> in in this way. Uh, but just finding ways to make it easier uh, on a Saturday evening, laying out all the clothes and packing all the bags and, you know, walking the children through what the morning's going to look like and all of that uh, really is so like a super practical thing that I've learned with littles is, you know, trying to lighten my own load by being as prepared as I can ahead of time. And that's really been a help in my in my own because when I feel stressed and when I feel pressed for time, I think you could relate to this too. There's just this kind of tension that can start building up to, with each other or with the children, uh, and so making that as simple as possible. Yeah, for sure. I think that's I think that's very wise and pra- practical. You mm-hmm. know, when you when you're thinking in that way. Um, another lesson that I've learned and am learning is my actions and attitude is always on display. And there are always eyes watching dad uh, when I'm around. And and so I need to be mindful of being authentic but appropriate and being that role model that I'm called to be mm-hmm. and conducting myself in a godly manner uh, above reproach, showing you know my children Jesus in uh, how I deal with the everydays of life and being a Christian is not a light switch you know you're not turning this on and you're turning it off or it's like hey I got this good but when I'm when I'm at home you know and it's you know it's being consistent um think about elders and pastors the best people to interview are not their congregation it's their family mm-hmm. talk to their children what do their children think of their dad what kind of person is you know, your husband, those are the people you need to talk to. And then that, that will tell the truth because who a man is in his home is who he is. Uh, It's not who you project yourself to be outside of there. And so being mindful of the lessons that these boys are looking to me on how a man is to treat a woman, right? Or, you know, the thought that crossed my mind often and still, and that I ask of myself, if my daughters brought someone just like me, if my daughter brought me home, basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Would I approve Right. knowing everything about that man? And if the answer is no, you've got some problems. You got, you got to do some real soul searching there. And then there needs to be some either attitude or not action adjustments mm-hmm. um, because that's who their father is. And, uh, you know, the saying girls tend to, uh, what is it that they marry like their dad or something yeah, like that? The or they rebel against it, right? Yeah. Because they go in the complete opposite direction. So thinking about that, one thing that I try to do often is tell everybody in the home that I love them randomly. I do it to Hazel a lot. She'll be like, <laughs> well, she'll like show up and I'm like, daddy, can I have a piece of paper? I'm like, all right, here you go. Love you. You know, and there's yeah. just like, I just want that to be part of the culture of the home. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have to be gushy and, you know, all mushy and stuff. But hey, I want my kids to be able to remember back. My dad told told us that he loved us mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. Um, in a non-weird way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That it just became common practice. So 
those are things that I think about. Those are some lessons I've learned. Those are uh, lessons I'm learning mm-hmm. and continuing to strive towards. Oh, yeah. These lessons are continuing to be learned. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely had a stretch, and I think it's still something that I fight. I don't like to be woken up in the middle of the night. <laughs> With a newborn, it's understandable, and I do it. I have to feed I have to feed the child. But when they start sleeping through the night and I get to start sleeping through the night again, I have a hard time getting woken up in the middle of the night. And it's something that you've challenged me on because there was a stretch where we had children coming into our room quite a bit. Hazel, especially, she like her blankets would fall off and she couldn't get them back onto her bed. Or I think Harry went through something like that too. And um, I would be kind of gruff with the children in the middle of the night and you had brought it up to me and you kind of were like listen you know they're going to their mom in the middle of the night they need they need help they need their mom and you know you tend to kind of just slough them off because you're half asleep (laughs) (laughs) um and so that's something that I'm still currently working on uh we actually had a child come to our room last night and I think I did okay. I think, I, I, I think you did too. <laughs> I was awake. I, oh, were you? <laughs> yeah. I, I was half asleep. I barely remember it. But I, I calmly, they asked if they could sleep on our floor. And I said, okay. <laughs> it was very easy. He didn't need much. But um, I, but I did, it was something I had thought about um, and was trying to be mindful of. And so that is definitely, I mean, there are so many that we could probably rifle through lessons that we've learned, but. Do you have any difficult children? Yes. I would say they're all difficult in different in different ways. Um we have we have one that tends to be super 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 emotional. We have one that can be pretty mean uh to their siblings. We have one that's always getting hurt. <laughs> we have one that's always asking about food and if you know our children, you probably can pinpoint who is who. <laughs> and then you have And then we have Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> no, she I mean she's still baby, oh, so yeah. she still uh gets into a lot of things and we have to still keep doors closed and gates closed and children or child locks and uh so yeah, I would say they're all difficult, but then they all have their unique, really special qualities about them too. Yeah. And I asked the question because when you think about lessons, like some people's personalities just don't get along well. Mm -hmm. And that can also be the case in children Mm -hmm. and learning not just to love. I mean, we love them. They're the flesh of our flesh, right? They're, they're, um, they're our offspring, you know, they're our, our joy, Mm -hmm. our crown, you know, but, um, understand what I'm going to say, learning to like them. (laughs) Loving is commanded. Liking is, it's it's a different category. The only creatures in the entire world that like are human beings. Mm. And it's it's an interesting kind of social development or um, social phenomenon. And, you know, what causes people to like each other? And get along well and that's oftentimes personalities and compatibility shared interests uh, as christians we love all people mm. um but you can't like everyone <laughs> and you're not sinning but mm. sometimes it's instinctual and other times you know sometimes you have to work at mm-hmm. it and 
even when it comes to your children, there are, there are days where it's tough. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do? How do you handle that? I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning that. But I think it does come down to being intentional. Uh, what's that saying? Rules without relationship. Is rebellion. So taking that time to have that relationship with the child, even if it's just little connection points throughout the day, like you said, telling them that you love them and being interested in something that they're doing or trying to build a relationship with them that's more than just rules and more than just teaching them and more than just like training, but really getting on their level and, and getting to know them. It's it's not easy. It's something I'm still learning mm-hmm. for sure. Well, we talk about uh, imperfect marriage. It's imperfect parenting as mm-hmm. well. And I think a really good lesson is learning to honestly, humbly, and sincerely repent. Mm -hmm. Repenting to your children when you have sinned against them, or if maybe you and I had a disagreement and we need to make things right, and the children were witnessed, they should see their parents making up in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, There's never a disagreement, which would make a perfect marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, And the children don't see that, and then they don't see... Uh, resolution, you've taught them nothing about conflict management Mm -hmm. and conflict resolution. And that's a wonderful teaching opportunity. And let it be displayed in the home where it's safe and controlled so that as they get older, they're building better relationship skills in in their interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. And it starts with mom and dad. So when we think about the lessons, the more we can just keep going on and on about this, the heavier the the burden mm-hmm. that I feel like is on our shoulders, mm-hmm. but rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I would rather feel that burden than not feel one at all. Yeah. And it's important because, again, when it comes to raising children, we're we're really raising adults. We want to raise those that will, you know, be adults, uh, independent thinkers, hard workers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I was coming from at the beginning when we were talking about how it gets harder because at the very beginning you're, you're giving all of the physical needs, the attention, then they become two and you're starting to teach them to be kind and to obey in the, the, the most simplest forms. Um, they get easier by physical demand, uh, but they get, more challenging as they get older because you are helping to train and develop a member of society, an adult, a believer, a churchman, a, a churchwoman, yeah. um, and all of that. And it's huge responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. I think on my part, maybe a, a final lesson that, that I have learned, and I think we've hinted about it, but uh, discovering their interests, talk about Harry the Gamer, but discovering what their uh, their interests are and kind of leaning into that. And if it means playing dolls with Hazel, <laughs> then okay. Um, I probably won't do dress up. Uh, mm-hmm. But there were times where she's so girly. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to do my hair and put bows and had daddy-daughter dates. And that's just a fun, that's fun, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a way to connect, build memories. Days are long, but the years are short. And we blink and they're just getting older. 
and we look back on pictures and memories and videos that sh- that show up and you're like man that was like yesterday mm-hmm. and it's just time is flying by it's definitely something that on the day to day it's hard to remember that these moments are fleeting and like you said you know you look back on videos and pictures and it just seems there's a video of Marley you and Marley in our in our old kitchen making pizzas and every time she was two maybe mm-hmm. maybe three and every time that comes up on a memory I just cannot believe that she's going to be 10 soon <laughs> and um, I think it's so important that we cherish every moment that we can it it's easy to get lost in the shuffle of life and school and work and the responsibilities and it's not always going to be glorious every day <laughs> but that's what makes up our life in the end, it's the little moments and the the ordinary days that we'll look back on. I mean, there are things in my childhood that I are memories for me that felt like we did it all the time and we might have done it once or twice, hmm. you know, and what they are doing now is what they're going to be remembering when they're older, you know, and it's important to keep that in perspective. So practical advice, um, and, you know, we'll kind of close down our segment here, but Practical advice for parents and especially dads that are, you know, out there working hard to support the family, maybe putting some long hours in at work, you know, to help provide for your family the life that you want them to have. Don't lose sight of the immediate and the small things in the moments. Days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, months turn into years, and in an effort to be all that you can be to provide. Be present when you're home. Because at the end of it all, the kid the kids are not going to say, man, dad, dad's, dad really put in a ton of hours for us so that we could go on that family vacation every year. And you say, dad was there for us. Dad, dad spent his time with us. And they're not going to know the burdens that you shouldered at night, maybe the fears of trying to make ends meet, whatever it might be, or just the the load that you carried, but they will know that you loved them because you were there with them and for them. And so I just would, you know, something that I tell my own heart. Um, and so to the men that are listening with kids, uh, be present, be mindful. And when you get out of work, that doesn't mean you check out. It means you're checking in mm-hmm. when you get home. And so, because mom needs you. Mm-hmm. And so it's a team but I hope that's encouraging to think about and just a helpful reminder because I need it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's dads and, and moms. I know for me, I can get lost in the responsibilities of the home and laundry and dishes. And it's hard for me to put some of that aside to to build those relationships with the kids and, and get to know them and, and talk with them. So it's it's a reminder for moms too. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. <laughs> But I do like to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, do you have a question for me? Do you have a question for me? If you could meet anybody in the world that's alive right now, who would you want to meet and why? Oh, wow. I don't really know. I don't think there's anybody that I would want to meet. Wow. <laughs> That is the answer. The answer is nobody. I'm content yeah, okay. with, with my people. 
All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll accept that as an answer. What sports did you play growing up? Flag football, mm-hmm. tackle football, and baseball. Okay. I played organized football and baseball, like town leagues, up until I was about 13. Um, got big into skateboarding after that. <laughs> did that every day. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of high school and, and right afterwards, I uh, started playing pickup basketball a lot. Uh, so, and then after that, I, uh, decided that I'd try my hand at golfing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, learned golf. I don't know if I learned golf. I learned how to hit the ball. (laughs) Um, I don't know if anybody really learns golf. Golf masters everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's been my kind of sports. Now I coach baseball, Mm -hmm. coach little league. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, those are the ones that I played and I enjoy. My favorite sport to watch is college basketball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for joining me on this. I want to thank you for listening to the Pleasing God podcast. If you have any questions, I would love to hear from you. You can reach out at questions at pleasinggodpodcast.org. And remember, 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, your sanctification. <laughs>